It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, college football fans across the nation and around the world. This is Tim May with the Tim May Podcast, a bonus podcast. Or I don't know, I may be doing two of these a week uh, from now and who knows, but uh, I wanted to have Craig Krenzel on uh, my podcast earlier this week just to explain uh, what, a, what a quarterback vying for a starting job is going through and what it means to finally get named the starting quarterback or at least the front runner and what it does, not just for the quarterback involved, but for the team. And of course, I'm referring to the, to the situation at Ohio State these days, they've got uh, four stellar quarterbacks in that quarterback room. And, uh, but earlier this week, C, uh, Ryan Day, the head coach, said C.J. Stroud had ga- gained some separation from the other two um, mainstay uh, competitors, meaning uh, Jack Miller, who's a Richard freshman like C.J. Stroud, and Cal McCord, a freshman. And, of course, you know, in the meantime, Quinn Ewers has also moved into that quarterback room, a freshman, the early enrollee, uh, from South Lake Carroll High School out of uh, out of Texas. But the bottom line is uh, CJ Stroud had to get a little bit more of a bounce in his step when the when the head coach publicly declared that he at least had some separation. Of course the, uh, the Buckeye Nation was a little bit in a Twitter so to speak uh, after after a practice that the media got to watch on Wednesday of this week when CJ Stroud was limited in his throwing, um, so much so uh, that Ryan Day came out and explained to the media, you know, they basically it was his turn to get a break from the throwing regimen uh, as camp <clears throat> has ensued. And it does take its toll on that right wing or the, the rare left wing, but the right wing of these quarterbacks. Uh, so we'll see how that goes, what develops from that. But the bottom line is uh, Ryan Day has declared some separation in that quarterback race, which is big for C.J. Stroud. And that's why I have Craig Krenzel on as a on this special podcast because I wanted to, wanted him to explain to folks what that does when a quarterback goes uh, from playing for a spot or preparing for a spot, but playing for a spot, competing for a spot, uh, to then competing, preparing to win a game. And uh, that's what you kind of feel like C.J. Stroud might be in the mode of right now. But to, you know, we're talking about Craig Krenzel who led Ohio State to to that surprise win at Michigan back in 2001, uh, still was second behind Steve Belisari uh, in the uh, bowl game that year. We all know what happened at the end of that 2001 regular season. But the bottom line was uh, Craig Krenzel found himself in a battle for the starting job with Scott McMullen uh, in the spring and then in preseason camp for that 2002 team that turned out to be a national championship team. But as Craig relates, uh, you know, he didn't know it was his job until almost uh, uh, an ipso facto moment. But uh, without further ado, let's get to my interview with Craig Krenzel. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? 
a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. As promised, ladies and gentlemen, this guy's not just a blast from the Blast from the past. Heck, if you need insurance, he's the guy you want to see right now. Craig Crenson, welcome back to the Tim May Podcast, my man. Thanks, Tim. I appreciate it. How you doing? I'm doing pretty good, brother. I, I think of you, every time there's something to do with the quarterbacks and the changing of the guard of the quarterbacks at Ohio State, I think of you and uh, the way you grasped the, 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 the brass ring way back in 2002, coming off that 2001 uh, uh, really – uh, one for the books, stepping in, becoming the starter there against Michigan and winning that game and then stepping back in the bowl game sort of when Steve Belisari kind of played his last game. But then uh, Ohio State turning to you in 2002, next thing you know, ipso facto, national championship season. But it wasn't quite as easy as all that, was it? I mean, uh, let's get back into like, number one, what does it mean for a football team to sort of like name its starter or its front runner early in a, or earlier midway through a preseason camp. What do you think that does for the team? What does it do, do for the quarterback? Well, I think for the team, first and foremost, it, it um, you know, it allows the, the players, the offensive line, the receivers, especially those two groups, um, it, it gives them some continuity. It gives them some consistency in terms of, you know, is this guy a pocket guy versus the other guy who might like to break the pocket a little sooner? They know you know, guys up front know how to hold their blocks and what directions to hold their blocks a little more. Obviously, the receivers, tight ends, um, you got a lot more timing. Uh, you know, you're, you're, you're more consistent with your, your route timing um, when you're only working with one quarterback. So, you know, I think from your standpoint, it just allows the rest of your offense to, to function with more continuity, um, to be smoother, to be more efficient. I'm assuming that the uh, assuming the guy chosen is the right guy for the job. Yeah. From a coaching staff, uh, you know, I think it allows your, your play caller to get a better feel for, you know, who's my guy under center or in the gun? You know, what plays does he like? How does that work with the different situations and the down and distances? And, you know, when I'm in the red zone, when I'm on third and medium, you know, all the different scenarios and situations throughout a football game it gives your play caller a chance to, you know, to, to be a better offensive coordinator, to have more efficiency, consistency, to put the team uh, and the offense in the best spot to succeed. Uh, the more he knows that guy under center. Hey, take me back to 2002. When did uh, Jim Trussell let you know, let the team know that you were the guy, obviously you and Scotty McMullen were coming back from that 2001 team. Um, and, of course, uh, freshman Justin Zwick and Troy Smith, you know, was kind of a late addition seemingly to that class of 2002. Uh, both of those guys were looked at as really promising uh, prospects. But you, when do you remember Jim Trussell letting you know or letting the team know you were the guy? I honestly don't know that I do remember. I know it was close to, um, you know, to our first game. Yeah. It was, it was, it was closer maybe – the week before or early the week of that Texas Tech game where I think it was, um, it, you know, it was kind of laid out that I was going to start. Um, but it was also, if I recall, um, you know, that Scott McMullen was going to play. 
um, as well. And then, you know, I think once we got out there in the, in the flow of the game, um, I remember taking the lion's share of the reps until the, the game was out of hand. Obviously, Maurice Claret went off and, and did what he did, the first of many great games for him. But, um, you know, I, I can't remember if it was like late the week before that first game um, or if it was you know, early the week of when it was, you know, kind of officially named. But, you know, Tress liked to keep those things, no pun intended, close to the vest. He liked to, he liked to use that as a little internal motivation, um, trying to get the best and, and the most that he could out of everybody. Oh, here's a dumb question for us. I, I remember it exactly the way you just described it, but I think we all felt like, just like with C.J. Stroud, you know, Ryan Day this week announced that uh, C.J. Stroud had created some separation between himself and the other two guys in that room. Well, now three guys with Quinn Ewers coming along. I'm going to ask you about that whole scenario in a minute. But uh, but I think we all felt like you were the guy, you know, us, us media covering the team. But until the head coach steps up and says it, you know, you're kind of, you know, did, did you feel like you were the guy in preseason all along? It just had to be somehow another ordained. Yeah, I think there was a little bit of the formality to that. You know, I think as the preseason started, um, I, I was I was definitely getting the, the lion's share of the reps with the ones. Yeah. You know, I think that's kind of your lead indicator as to, you know, who's going to be that guy under center week one when you're looking to replace a, a quarterback that just graduated or or left for the NFL, um, you know, obviously when, when, when you're in the media and you get to go into practice, you know, however many days a week you get to get in there and, and you get to watch and you see who's running with who, yeah, you know, that's your number one indicator to who's going to be under center first week. And, yeah. uh, you know, for me during that training camp, I was getting the, the larger share of the lion's share of those reps with the ones. So I did go into, you know, the week before the week of whenever coach Tress named me as the official starter, um, I did go in there with the, the confidence in, in my performance and the practices and the scrimmages, the offensive, defensive, the ones versus ones that we had had, um, you know, that I was performing, that I was executing, that I was getting the most reps. So, you know, I was certainly preparing myself to, you know, to be out there in that first game. Yeah. Seriously, when you finally get the word one way or the other, ipso facto, even I like using that term, even though it may not even apply here, I just like, the term ipso facto, <laughs> but uh, it elevates you, doesn't it? I mean, do, do, does it put a bounce in your step? Does it, you know, give you butterflies in a good way? I mean, explain, like if CJ Stroud heard this past week that he had separated himself from these other two guys, uh, you know, or other three guys, I mean, what, what does it do? What does it do for you personally, you know, just uh, personally? You know, I, I think the number one thing it does is it, it just removes – one question off your off your plate right off your test yeah. and as a quarterback yeah. you know there's so many questions that go into you know your preparation week in and week out depending on who you're playing what scheme are they running you know what's our game plan going to going to be looking like um, you know the last thing you want is am I going to be playing or how much am I going to be playing so you know you got all these different questions that you're trying to find answers to in your preparation as a quarterback and um you know, to me, it takes a little bit of weight off of your shoulders. Um, and for me, it just kind of freed up that, all right, am I, am I going to be on the field in the middle of the second quarter if it's a tight game? Or, you know, once you get that official nod, hey, you know, Craig, you're starting. You know, now it's like, all right, check that one off the, the, the weekly, um, you know, game plan and prep list. And uh, now what can I focus on? What can I 
you know, even though you're, you're not really focusing on that, Tim, in terms of am I going to be playing and, and spending time focusing on that? Obviously, yeah. subconsciously in your mind, all those different things weigh on you. You know, the different questions that you get from the media week in and week out or, or you know, during training camp, like, hey, where, where do you see yourself comparing to Scotty or, or questions like that? You know, you just get freed up from that. So it's almost like a little bit of weight off your shoulders um, that allows you to really put that focus on. All right. Now it's past. What do I need to do in practice to earn that nod? And it moves beyond that to what do I need to do in practice? What do I need to do in the film room to get ready for that next opponent? Right. Because yeah. instead of spending more time watching last practice and what did I do wrong or what do I need to get better at so I can win the job? It's all right. I can get through practice film real quick and then I can spend an extra 20, 30 minutes on, you know, whoever our first opponent's going to be or whoever that next opponent's going to be, uh, because I already know I already got that one in the bag. I can move forward and, and really spend 100% of my time. You know, I guess at the end of the day, Tim, it's a little less time focusing on me yeah. and you know, that extra time now it gets focusing on the team. How do I prep to help my team win? I was going to say, you go from like focusing on winning the job to winning the game, you know, and that's, that's huge. I mean, Hey, you know, and, and also right. it gives you cred, right? I mean, I, you already had cred with your teammates or street cred or, or, you know, cachet with your teammates. But when, when, when you are, when you were named the starting quarterback at Ohio state, like I've even talked to Ryan day about that. I mean, that's, that's like sort of being named, you know, uh, like president or something, you know, of a, of a major <laughs> situation. I mean, seriously, you go, you know, it's, it, it's, it's kind of like becoming a, you know, like a one of term, a CEO of a group, you know, I mean, obviously the head coach is the head guy, but, uh, but you, you, you are suddenly a state, you know what I mean? A state commodity. I mean, you're, you're the biggest guy in the state, so to speak. I mean, you're in it, issues, but it's mainly, it's really huge with your teammates too. Right now, now I would think you could go from showing your showing you can lead, to being a leader, right? I mean, uh, it kind of takes it to that next level, right? Right, right. I mean, from that standpoint, it, it, your teammates definitely know, all right, hey, this is going to be the guy in the huddle. Yeah. Or this is going to be in the guy in the gun between plays. This is going to be the guy calling the shots, throwing me the ball, changing protections. So if there was any doubt among some of those players in practices or, you know, kind of maybe taken away from your ability to lead the team, which is extremely important, uh, at the quarterback position, um, it just solidifies that. I don't know about giving your street cred because you know, I think in any competition, in any battle, <clears throat> there's always going to be a certain group of guys that wants, you know, guy A, and then, you know, another group of guys that thinks that maybe they're better friends with guy B. And so you're always going to have that kind of breakup in the locker room. So once, once you know, that one single player, once I was named, you know, there might have been guys that thought Scotty should have got a better chance. Um, but at the end of the day, when the coach comes out and says, you know, CJ's our guy. Yeah. Everybody else in that locker room knows. All right. Well, nobody is over coach. So when Ryan Day says, hey, this is our guy, everybody else has to fall in line. And it does give you, um, you know, I don't want to say street cred because you have to earn that ability to lead. But it does give you a little more. I guess Already? that final say. Yeah. You know, it gives you that final say. It gives you that that opportunity for maybe those guys that were questioning to say, all right, well, coach said CJ's guy. So I'm all in. I'm gonna get up, I'm gonna go line up in my spot. And 
I'm going to do whatever I can to win football games to keep my spot. And whatever CJ tells me, I got to go with. And if he's wrong, that's not on me. Hey, Craig, I won't keep you much longer, but but you know what? Today I was, I was talking about street cred and, you know, making you uh, basically an instant celebrity in the state, basically in the nation when you're the quarterback, starting quarterback for Ohio State. But nowadays, you know, uh, boy, with the offense they're running now, the players they've got around them, I mean, you're an instant. Uh, when, when C.J. Stroud gets this nod, he's an instant competitor for the Heisman Trophy, right? I mean – uh, right, right. Well, that's a little bit different just with the yeah. system and the, the strength of the Big Ten and and what a great job that, you know, that Urban did and loading the, the, you know, I always say loading, loading that yeah. gun with the ammunition and yeah. what a great job Coach Day has done. Um, just keeping it loaded year in, year out with the best athletes and the best football players around the country. I mean, there's no question. You get the keys to that car and, you know, you're, you're an instant contender down in Daytona. You're an alum. Yeah, I love that. I love that. I love mixing an auto racing reference in here. It sounds like you must, you should be a regular member of my podcast. Uh, uh, is, is you're an alum, you've been keeping up with it and stuff. Uh, are you as excited about this? I mean, this is, you get the sense this could be an, a near historic offensive season again, from what you've seen, you know, with the, the with the receivers they've got on hand, the, the depth of the offensive line, the, they've got a great tight end, just like you had in Ben Hartsock, you know, uh, you know, with Jeremy Ruckert. Uh, I mean, do you just get the sense this could be a special year again? What's your take? Oh, I think, I think so. I think, um, you know, kind of going back to what I just said, you know, we're at a point right now in this football program where, um, Coach Day is keeping up that same level of, of, of recruitment that, that Urban did, which is just, I mean, literally just top five after top five after top five. So, yeah. you know, it kind of stinks when you say, all right, well, Justin Fields, he's in Chicago now. Who's next? Well, all right, who's next? That's the question, right? Yeah. Is it going to be, is it going to be the, the class of, you know, 2020s top quarterback or top three quarterbacks, or is it going to be the class of 2019's top? you know second rated quarterback in the nation it's like it's not like we're saying all right who's next well uh it's this Krenzel kid from Michigan right it's like no no we got we got the next guy and he's been here or he's getting here and you know he was he was rated x coming out of high school for a reason and now he's going to have his opportunity to show it so you know I think when you look at this offense you know it's it's going to be that way across the board but like you just mentioned Tim depth up front I think it all starts there right it starts yeah. As, as a guy that played the position, when you're on your back or running for your life, you can't execute. You don't get through your reads as consistently, messes up your timing with your receiver. So it all starts with those guys up front. And then, obviously, with Garrett and, and Chris Olave, I mean, you got two of the top weapons in college football there that uh, whoever that's going to be, they're going to have a chance to distribute the ball to some of the top playmakers that the game is going to see all season. So, uh I'm excited. I'm excited to watch this team. I'm excited to watch this offense. And like I said, I'm excited to watch Coach Day and his staff, um, you know, just figure out in which order are we going to reload. I got to get your reaction to this. The the best quarterback in the country for 2022 recruiting season, uh, Quinn Ewers, is already on campus. (laughs) Now I guess he was the best quarterback in the 2021 recruiting season. Walks in a couple of of days ago. You're sitting there watching it from a little bit outside. I mean, you know, what's your take on what we're what what we're seeing here, man? This evolution of college football from the name, image, and likeness yeah, my, to a guy leaving is, high school early. Go ahead. 
<laughs> yeah, my, my take is my take is I'm getting old. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm just I'm just an old man. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, the game has changed, the process has changed so much. Um, you know, I got a my oldest son is a, a baseball player and he's starting to go through the process and yeah. and uh, as a, as a you know, rising sophomore in high school just to see how much it's changed and in and the the different way these high school athletes are thinking, the different way these college coaches are recruiting them and talking to them and, and how many players are foregoing, you know, the remainder of whatever little time they have left in high school um, just to get to college. And now you're going to throw in the, the concept of, well, Hey, leave high school early and go get that NIL money, um, you know, and ca capitalize on that, uh, you know, that reputation that you have as a top recruit coming out. You know, I think we're just going to start seeing more and more and more of it. Um, you know, the flip side is kind of going back to, to the year 1999, Tim May. Yes. I had a lot of fun that senior year. I'm not sure I wanted to give it up. <laughs> exactly. You know, I mean, exactly. You know, yeah, I, I think there's a fine line to walk between chasing your dream and pursuing your passion on the football field um, versus just being a kid. You, yeah. you know, I mean, I, like I said, I look back at my senior year of high school, uh, whether it was on the football field or or the basketball court that winter um, and just getting ready in the spring and prepping my time to, to come down and start summer workouts before my freshman year at Ohio state um, spring Drake break trip with a bunch of friends, you know, just all those memories with, with friends and those high school memories. Um, you know, I don't know that I'd trade them for another year in the NFL or two years in the NFL or, or being on campus a year early at Ohio state, but Every every athlete's wired different. Every student's wired different. Every kid's wired different. It's just you know God makes us all different, and and it's it's what I like is I like these kids having an opportunity to have more options and more choices for um you know to to make decisions on what they think is best for them. And the more opportunities they have to make those choices, um the the more the the more the game of football is going to help them grow up and learn about life. Because I'm gonna guarantee you right now. Not every kid's going to make the right choice. Not every kid's going to make the right choice of should he leave early, should he not, whether it's high school now or college, um, whoever they sign with to try to make as much money as they can on the NIL deals. You know, there's going to be a lot more opportunities for them, but you're going to start seeing some of these kids make a lot more mistakes too, and that's just opportunities to learn and grow. Yeah, I was going to say, man, before we go, boy, just think coming off that 2002 national <laughs> championship, if name, image, and likeness had been available. Of course, you know, there's a, there's a good chance that a player or two did take advantage of it anyway. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you know, <laughs> I, I would say this. I, um, you know, you look at what these guys got these days. You look at the facilities and how they're upgraded. Yeah. You look at, you know, their scholarship stipend checks and how much more it was than, than when I played. But I'm, I'm not one of those guys that's going to sit there and complain. You know, I'm, I'm extremely blessed. The guys that I played with were amazing. You know, we had uh, some of the top facilities in the country at the time. You know, we we used the opportunity that we had at, at Ohio State to to accomplish something great. Um, you know, I think with a, a little bit of pride, say that, you know, we started the ball rolling back in the direction that that Ohio State as Ohio State fans that we want to see the ball rolling for Ohio State football. And, you know, I just feel blessed to have been a part of the those classes that that kind of took the the, the star power of the 90s that couldn't get it done and, and the lackluster nine, late 90s and early 2000s that, that um, 
weren't even close to good enough and and really be able to kind of turn that around and and uh, start the ball rolling in the right direction to, to see what Coach Tress did finishing out his tenure um, as our head coach and then moving all the way down, like I said, uh, through Urban and now what Coach Day is doing. Um, so, I, you know, you're not going to hear me complain. He's crazy. Uh, now, if, if the if the not even starting quarterback at Alabama can sign a million dollar deal, you know, yeah, I'd like to know what <laughs> I'd like to know what uh, you know what uh, a Trevor Lawrence or someone returning or or let's even go back to the the late '90s, a, a Peyton Manning, oh, right, yeah. who says, "Yeah, I'm going to come back for my senior year. I want the Heisman Trophy. I want to win, uh, win a national title." Um, you know, he didn't get either of those, but but at the same time, it's kind of one of those things. How much is a guy like Peyton getting 97 or whatever it was? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Crazy. So, you know, like I said, I'm not, I'm not going to complain though. My life is, uh, my life is great. I've been blessed to, to been a part of the program and uh, be able to use those opportunities to meet new people, to grow my business and uh, you know, just try to give back to the community and everything that uh, everything that my parents taught me, um, everything that was instilled on me while I was a Buckeye, you know, just to continue doing that. Hey, I'm going to pay forward here, man. Uh, give people a little idea about your business, your insurance business there. How's it doing? Uh, we're good. We're blessed. we got great people. You know, just like any football team, Tim, you, if you don't have the right people, you're not going to win games. And, uh, you know, I put, I put my team uh, up against anybody in terms of taking care of our clients, being there when you need us. And, um, you know, as an independent broker, we get a chance to take care of, you know, everything from, you know, everybody's everyday home and auto needs to, to different businesses around central Ohio and throughout the country. So, um, you know, I feel blessed to have the team that we have and be able to use that to give back to the community and provide a level of service that, uh, like I said, I put up against anybody. Yeah. I, I tell you, I admire you because, you know, I told you my, my, my baby brother, hell, he's 63 years old, <laughs> but uh, he's been insured for a long time down in Texas, man. He's one of the great guys you'll ever meet. And, you know, Craig, I've always said, you're one of the great guys I've ever met. What I always in my end our conversation with, uh, it was a pleasure, and uh, I appreciate you joining me again, my man. Anytime, Tim. Anytime you need me, you know I'm here for you. Hey, ladies and gentlemen. Until next time, this is the Tim May Podcast. We'll see you then.